Hi, and welcome to episode 40 of 5 Minutes of Rum, Notes on Rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Up the Grove. To celebrate the momentous occasion of reaching an episode number that ends in a zero, this episode will take many elements discussed in previous episodes and reassemble them into arguably Don the Beachcomber's most famous cocktail, the 1934 Zombie Punch. I'll also make the Shockwave a zombie riff that I created as I tried to determine how Don was able to pull off that 34 zombie that by all rights should be out of balance. And then the rum that makes all of this possible is Hamilton 151 Overproof, distilled and aged on the banks of the Demerara River and brought to us by Ed Hamilton of the Ministry of Rum. So let's start right there with the Hamilton 151 Overproof. Um, and the most important matter first, this is your substitution for Lemonheart 151. So for all of the times I may have said there is no acceptable substitute for Lemonheart 151, that is no longer the case. And in fact, that is the primary reason why this product came into existence. So let's talk about that a little bit first before we talk about the rum itself. So uh, Lemonheart 151, as mentioned in a previous episode, is a special rum when it comes to classic tiki cocktails. And it is called for by name and, and doesn't really have a substitute. And this rum itself has gone in and out of the market a couple of times over the past few years. Uh, first, the old yellow label went off the market about three or four years ago. And then after a bit of a dry spell, Lemonheart 151 was reintroduced courtesy of Ed Hamilton from the Ministry of Rum, who began to distribute it uh, from the producer here in the United States. Uh, the label was updated that time to a different look. It was uh, red, had a little bit more scripting on the letters, but by and large was the same rum and perfectly suited for all of your tiki cocktails that called for Lemonheart 151. Um, that was I can recap that a little bit on episode nine of this here podcast. Now, uh, in May of 2014, word got out that Lemonheart 151 was being taken off of the U.S. market until, quote, mid-2015 by the owner of the brand, not Ed Hamilton. Ed would have continued to import it had it been made available, but the owner of the brand did not want to make it available for whatever reason. So if you still see a bottle, grab a bottle, but that's kind of been off the market for a while, and it's just whatever stock is still left that still exists. So... Ed Hamilton, who had um, been importing rum for a period of time, uh, particularly Martinique rums, and then had bought had bought recently been bottling his own line of rums from uh, Saint Lucia and from Jamaica, uh, introduced to the market a overproof Demerara rum and a regular proof or eighty six proof Demerara rum. Uh, the overproof one is dubbed Hamilton one fifty one overproof. Um, it's recently been relabeled uh, to uh, add the fact that it's been distilled and aged on the banks of the Demerara River. Uh, because it comes from Demerara, or excuse me, because it comes from Guiana, you know that it's being distilled by Demerara Distillers Limited because they are responsible for all of the rum on that particular island. Um, Ed Hamilton understands the importance of Lemon Heart Fit 151, and this rum is the real deal. It's as close as possible to Lemon Heart 151 that you're going to get, maybe even slightly improved depending on your taste. Uh, so this would be your substitute if you're looking for a substitute for Lemon Heart 151. And in fact, uh, I don't even look for Lemon Heart anymore. I have some old yellow label in storage. I have a couple of red bottle, red label bottles in storage, but I'm perfectly content to let those sit in storage and continue to buy and use the Hamilton 151 Overproof because it is uh, my new favorite in that category. Now, a little bit there, uh, if you pick up the latest copy of Imbibe Magazine, there was a short article on Ed Hamilton. tells a little bit of his origin story, uh, so I'll encourage you to go out and buy that, but the short version is is in the uh, in the mid '80s, Ed Hamilton bought a sailboat, took to sailing around the Caribbean and investigating uh, distilling operations at various islands. 
became you know a rum ambassador and started an appropriately named uh, resource called the Ministry of Rum, which is a website that I've referenced many times on this year program because it is a it is a great resource. Um, and like I said, he also was responsible for introducing Martinique rums to the U.S. market when nobody was really bringing Martinique rums into the U.S. market. Uh, so we're indebted to him for that. And in addition, some of his other rums that um, he's brought to market over the last couple of years uh, that we'll talk about in future shows because I, I have nearly the full line. I don't think I have the latest. Uh, I think he has a single barrel version of the St. Lucia out. I don't have that yet, but uh, they're all uh, good quality rums as you would expect um, and well deserving of the Ed Hamilton name. So pick up the latest imbibe. There's a link to imbibe in the show notes, uh, but there is again a short article on Ed Hamilton in that copy. So let's talk a little bit about this Hamilton 151 overproof itself. There's a link to Caribbean-Spirits.com in the show notes. That is apart from the Ministry of Rum, the actual company that uh, Ed Hamilton has that runs the importing uh, of his different rums, both the ones that he's importing and the ones that are bottled under his name. Uh, and there's a lot of good information on the Lemon Heart 150. Excuse me, the Hamilton 151 overproof on that page. Um, Ed is very transparent about what goes into bringing this rum to market. Um, and has a lot of you know interesting details in there. Some of those details uh, we'll go over right now. Uh, so it is a it's a blend of aged rums. Um, Ed Hamilton recently brought these rums to the uh, Rum Rum Club at the Tonga Hut in North Hollywood and gave a presentation there. And I have a couple of notes from there, and I'll, as well as a couple of notes from the website. But he did mention that um, it took about six months of sourcing and tasting rums to arrive at the desired result that he wanted from the blend. Um, he also had in the recent past, a little bit of a labeling issue. So there is a transition right now going on where it used to be, uh, the labels that you'll see in the pictures that I have for this episode, uh, have a slightly different label. Now it is called Hamilton 151. I believe it was called Hamilton 151 Demerara before, uh, but the Demerara distillers limited group is particular about how they label. So he, he talked a little bit about that, but it is a blend of uh, pot and calm still rums up to five years old. It is a molasses-based rum, as many English-style rums are, and the molasses used at Demerara Distillers Limited comes from Guiana, um, and according to the website, is 65% dissolved sugar, so it's it's a pretty high sugar content for molasses found in the Caribbean, um, and this is attributed to the age um, at the Guianese sugar mill. Uh, so again, mentioned this is a variety of column and pot stills. Um, Demerara Distillers Limited is known for their variety of stills. Um, so among the unique stills that they have are a wooden pot and a wooden column still that, that distill heavier rums and then the copper and steel stills that are used to make the lighter rums. And then, of course, how that's blended together is how you arrive at that unique final product. Um, Ed dilutes this rum uh, with filtered water to bring it down to 75.5% alcohol by volume. It's imported in bulk tanks at a 77% spirit um, and then, again, diluted down to 755 for the uh, Hamilton 151 overproof. Um, so let's go through a little bit of notes directly on this rum. So I have a little bit poured out here, although I have tasted it in the past. When, one of the things I did when I got this rum was I got the old yellow label out, I got the, the now old red label out for Lemon Heart, and then I opened up the Hamilton 151 overproof and did a, a grid and did kind of the same test across all the, um, the four things I normally do, appearance, aroma, taste, and finish. Did those across the line and tried to arrive at what was similar and what was different without actually killing myself by doing three different samples of 151 um, all at the same time. But in any case, there's a picture of the notes that I took on there. They're mostly in the show notes. They're mostly coherent um, in as far as my writing is coherent at all. 
In, um, so this rum specifically, uh, appearance-wise, dark brown in the glass, as you would expect. Uh, when you swirl it, it forms you know a razor-thin line, uh, and then leg, legs form, and then droplets form shortly after that. Um, in terms of aroma, uh, well, it's strong, uh, as is probably to be expected. Uh, there's a, a faint fruit smell, maybe a little bit of funk hiding somewhere in the background. And then if I get a little bit nose here. Um, also some sugar and some barrel. I found that to be similar to the old uh, yellow label 151 from Lemon Heart. Um, and then because it's an overproof rum, a little bit of burning. Uh, in terms of taste, I'm going to taste a little right here. Mm. So it comes in with some some butterscotch, a little bit of fruit, and then some pepper. Has a nice body, slightly less oily than when I sampled it against the red label, excuse me, uh, Lemon Heart 151. Um, and then as you can see, as I take that second sip right there, kind of two waves of heat as you sip it. There's the initial uh, heat you taste on your tongue. And then as you swallow, you get a little bit more of that heat that kind of interrupts my sentence there. Um, in terms of finish, uh, similar words, it's uh, warm, it's got a long finish, and overall pretty smooth considering that this is a overproof 151 rum. Um, it's not really going to wreck your throat as long as you're considered about how you sip it. Now, that being said, if I were to sum up this rum, I would consider it not really a sipper, at least that's not its primary application. It was created with another purpose in mind, and that purpose was to be in your classic tiki cocktails or as a float on a, a different cocktail. Um, that said, it's not too harsh in the sipping capacity when done in small amounts. Um, and I hope that this is a rum that's going to be around for a good long time. And we can put the whole Lemon Heart 151 Overproof Saga to bed. Now, if you're going to talk about a overproof Demerara rum, in this case, the Hamilton 151 Overproof Rum, you're going to have to talk about the zombie. Um, and if you're going to talk about the zombie, then we're going to have to bring up, again, Sippin' Safari and the good work that Jeff Beachbumberry has done to bring us these recipes and actually have the capacity, the availability, the knowledge to make a drink that was established in the 1930s and still make what is probably a pretty close approximation of it uh, in 2015. So if you uh, haven't already, uh, you need to pick up Sippin' Safari. There's a link to that in multiple locations in the show notes. And in chapter um, chapter six of Sippin' Safari, uh, Jeff Berry devoted that entire chapter to the decoding of the zombie recipe. He had previously published a zombie recipe in the Grog Log, but as time went on, he found that uh, more recipe, more variations were popping up. Uh, I don't really want to ruin the whole story, but Jeff essentially goes into telling the tale of how the zombie was an incredibly popular but a secret cocktail. In other words, the 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 knowledge to make it or the recipe to make it wasn't given out. That was considered a trade secret uh, by Don the Beachcomber. And so due to the popularity of that cocktail, everybody had to have it on their menu and they just kind of made their own and no one knew the real recipe. They just knew, hey, I'll make a strong drink called a zombie and put it on my menu. Um, part of the reason for that popularity was the infamous origin story of how uh, Don whipped it up and and said, uh, you know, gave it to somebody as like a, they were already feeling like the undead. So he gave them this as a zombie to try and revive them. Um, I don't know how much of these urban legends are actually true, uh, but they do make for really good marketing, as does the fact that he would put on the menu that you can only have two. Uh, of course, that makes it seem like a dare, and so that therefore drives interest and sales up as well. In any case, uh, Barry tracked versions of Don's zombie. Um, um, he achieved, achieved, he acquired a 1950 barbecue book that, con that contained a, a recipe, but, uh, excuse me, a Don the Beachcomber zombie recipe in it. Um, 
And that recipe actually mixed really well. And, and Barry says he was content to say, hey, that's a, that's a really good zombie. And then he ran across another one that Don Beach had given to Cabaret, uh, Cabaret Magazine in 1956. And that was a also an extraordinarily good, well, I don't want to say extraordinarily. It was a good drink as well, but it was extraordinarily different from the 1950 version, which apparently was also legitimately given to somebody by Don Beach. So uh, Don, being known as a tinker, was probably not surprisingly modifying his recipe as it went along, but it kind of left you with the situation of, well, which one of these is actually real? Um, eventually, um, Barry was able to get to the 1934 recipe from uh, Dick Santiago's notebook. He worked for Don starting in 1937, and in that notebook, he had a zombie punch recipe that was marked old. Uh, Jeff then had to put together a few more pieces to the to, from the coded recipe because Don would code some of the ingredients. But once he got that, uh, we arrived here at the 1934 zombie punch. Uh, so go get the Sip and Safari book. Read about the whole, you know, the whole chapter on the decoding the zombie. But read the whole book because the whole book is good. Um, another book I'll mention in, uh, with reference to zombie and zombie recipes and their pro- proliferation um, is Professor Cocktail's Zombie Horde. Uh, it is a collection of 86 zombie recipes that range all the way from Don's 34 zombie to recipes that are from 2013. In total, there's 86 recipes, like I mentioned. Why 86? Uh, I guess 87 would have been overkill. Um, this really gives you a sense of what has been called a zombie over the years. Um, I'm nowhere even close to completion in terms of mixing these different cocktails. I've picked out a couple. Some of them worked out okay. Some of them didn't. But I think it's a great collection to have overall. And if you get it in the Kindle ebook form, it's a mere three bucks. So uh, it's it's definitely worth it just to peruse the different recipes and see what people were calling zombies at in restaurants across the uh, across the country. The author uh, is David J. Montgomery. There's a link to the book in the show notes, uh, and he runs the Professor Cocktail website as well. In he is in, as, as well as being a writer and a book critic uh, outside of the cocktail realm. So let's get into the recipes for this episode. Again, we're talking about uh, overproof Demerara rum. So we're talking about a 34 zombie punch. Um, I'll say, just like I said with the with the uh, rum, is just uh, bottom line it, I really love this drink. The 34 zombie is one of my favorites. Uh, the joke about there only being two uh, is probably only just a joke, but it's there for a reason. Um, it is a strong drink. And in fact, if you read the recipe, it almost reads as way too boozy. It's four ounces of rum. Uh, heck, if you count one of those rums as being essentially double strength, it's actually more like five ounces of rum. And there's precious little else in the recipe to go along with that. So initially, you look at it and think, well, this is way strong. I don't even know if there's the right amount of balance. I can see some things in there that are going to help. Uh, but it does seem like it's going to be way boozy and very little, you know, anything to counterbalance that. So let's look at the recipe here. Um, the 34 zombie is three quarter ounce of fresh lime juice. Uh, please, please reference episode one for more on fresh lime juice. Episode one of this here program, one half ounce of Don's mix. Uh, that's one of those coated mixes. Don's mix is two parts, grapefruit juice and one part cinnamon syrup. Uh, you can see episode 16 of this show for, uh, cinnamon syrup, one half ounce of falernum, uh, episode 11, I'll tell you about falernum one and one half ounce of gold Jamaican rum. In this case, using Appleton VX. Uh, talked about that in episode six, one and one half ounce of gold Puerto Rican rum. Uh, I recommend for this recipe, Rondel Berlito, two star from uh, episode 39, the previous episode, one ounce of Hamilton 151 overproof, uh, duh, dash of a dash of Angostura bitters. Uh, I talked about that in episode 28, six drops of Pernod, 
one teaspoon of grenadine. There's uh, methods to make your own grenadine at home in episode 14 and six ounces of crushed ice. Put all of that into a spindle blender and uh, mix that for about five seconds. Pour into a tall glass or a tiki mug, add some ice cubes to fill, and then garnish with mint. Now, tasting this, uh, somehow Dawn makes this work. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. The balance is there. Uh, make no mistake, it's strong. It's going it, to, I don't know if it's going to sneak up on you. It's, this is, you know, uh, it's, not, it's not making any um, apologies for the amount of booze it has when you sip it, but it is well-balanced enough that you can drink it a little too quickly if you're not careful. Uh, there's alter, alternates to this recipe published in Beach Bunbury Remixed. I'm partial to this one and also to the Aku Aku version. That's a version that Don uh, created for the, the Stardust, the Aku Aku uh, Stardust in Las Vegas. Um, at that point, the cocktail, uh, at that point, I was inspired to try and make my own zombie style drink after going through the ones in Remixed um, and try and come up with a similar recipe that can overcome a seemingly unwieldy amount of rum without being a total crap cocktail. Uh, the shockwave, which we'll get to next, uh, was eventually born after uh, a couple of those attempts and probably more failures than I should have had. Um, it's not it's, that it's that different from a zombie. Mostly what I was trying to do is play with the accents and swap out um, some of the, um, the things that were the additional flavors with leaving the base of the rum and lime and grapefruit nearly as is. Um, and I also like the idea of the Aku Aku Zombies uh, recipe where it has a secret mix. There's a, a note in the Beach Bunbury remixed version that says, hey, this is what the, the mix is for the Aku Aku. So the actual recipe for the Shockwave, if you want to make that, one ounce of Demerara overproof rum using the Hamilton 151 overproof, one ounce of Smith & Cross rum, one ounce of gold Puerto Rican rum using Cruzon in this case, three quarter ounce of lime juice, one half ounce of grapefruit juice, one ounce of what I've dubbed the shockwave mix, we'll get to that in a second, a dash of Angostura bitters, and one quarter ounce of simple syrup. Uh, blend all that with three quarters of a cup of crushed ice for five seconds in a spindle blender, and pour it unstrained into a tiki mug or tall glass, adding ice cubes to fill and garnish with mint. See, I said it wasn't that much different than a zombie. The shockwave mix, uh, to make that, you mix equal parts pimento dram, honey mix, grenadine, and blackberry liqueur. Um, pictures of both of these and recipes are in the show notes. Um, I found, you know, just the, the zombie, I'm not improving the zombie with the shockwave, but it did give me a chance to put in a couple different flavors like pimento dram, blackberry liqueur, and then add in Smith and Cross to the overproof Demerara rum, which is one of my favorite things uh, to do is to mix those two together. So uh, definitely not better or anything like that, but it is something a little bit different, a little bit of a variant to try. Um, and hey, that's, that's the, one of the fun parts of this. That's it. Thank you for listening. Show links are up on the 5 Minutes of Rum website. That's number 5 minutesofrum.com. The show is also on iTunes as as 5 Minutes of Rum. You can subscribe there, rate the show there, and leave a review there. The show is also on Twitter as at 5 Minutes of Rum. That's at symbol number 5 Minutes of Rum. Please send in comments, corrections, feedback, or requests via the 5 Minutes of Rum website or on Twitter. Uh, if you do have a couple of minutes to rate the show, that would be appreciated. It really does help. And now, go get some rum. <laughs>